I'm J.J. Saldana with the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs. And I'm Rebecca DeLeon with the Idaho Press. And you are listening to The Latino Card on KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. It's the award-winning Latino card now. That's right. We won an award. Like, no big deal. It's time to toot our own horn a little bit. We yes. didn't mention it last week because JJ wasn't here, and he's the resident like, Divex. Yeah, he's the he's the um, dr- he's the dramatic one who will mention it. I will. I was <laughs> all about it. Rebecca and I were being humble about it. But That's JJ true. And I was like, nope, we we got to mention it. We won um, a first place in general excellence for radio journalism, audio. and then audio, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe you should tell people, JJ. And we got third place for an episode where I wasn't a part of it, but you guys made fun of Ash on that episode. Yeah, that was so good. So making fun of Ash is comes with some rewards. Yeah, it was literally an hour-long episode of them just dragging me, and I'm so glad that it got... I'm so glad I won an award, because yeah. uh, it was worth the new um, insecurities I have. So I'm glad to help the new set of insecurities that you have. And honestly, it was like my favorite episode to record because I was just like, and another thing. And then we got an award for it. So that's another thing that's stupid about white people. (laughs) And another thing that we just can't stand about you, Ash. And it was great. It was I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I wasn't a part of it. So I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. So um, we actually have another person in the studio with us. Um, Tommy Simmons. He is a reporter with the Idaho Press. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you are very, very special. All of our guests are very special. I always say that. But you are extra special because you're the first white person guest that we have ever had. It's an honor. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I do appreciate it. We've uh, so. we've broken the seal. Uh, yeah. I can vouch for him. Just yeah. like, well, yeah, she, <laughs> she vetted you before you yeah. came on. Yeah, that's what that conversation was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Rebecca trusted me. Trusted me to introduce her to just like the the quote unquote cool white people. Yeah, so. yeah. I was like, make sure it's a good one. I'm glad I qualified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're really excited to have you on, Tommy, because um, you recently wrote a really in-depth article um, about wearing masks and about why people do or do not wear masks. But before we get to that, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about how everybody's doing in this quarantine. So, uh, how y'all doing? You okay? You doing good? <laughs> How's the fanfic coming, Ash? Uh, my Star Trek fanfiction is coming along quite nicely, actually. I'm in the middle of just this scene. I've been stuck on it for a while. Maybe you guys can help me out after this, but it's. I'm worried it's too gay. I don't. I don't think it, there's a thing as too gay when it comes to Star Trek. With Star Trek fanfiction, yes. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Taking notes. Go all out. But besides that, uh, I'm fine. I went home for the first time yesterday. Um, and my parents are actually taking the quarantine super seriously, which I feel is the opposite of most people's parents, where, like, <laughs> they're the one who's scolding me and, like, getting oh, on wow. my case about, like, who are you seeing? Where are you going? Like, all these things. And so that's actually, I actually am really grateful because, like I said, I feel like most people's parents are the opposite. 
I yeah. feel like my mom is kind of is like your parents. She's been really good. She doesn't go out. Um, the visitation she gets from her grandkids or the kids are like put, poke their head out of their parents' um, sunroof and wave at her and say hi to her, and that's as much as she gets to see them right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and my mom is one of seventeen kids, so she has a lot of brothers and sisters, and so she's on the phone all day talking. So she's not like missing any like social interaction in that aspect because right. they call her first. I was just in Elko not that long ago and they start calling her like at 7 a.m. And I'm like, oh my God, what do you have to talk about? But yeah. um, it's better that, you know, at least she's not going out or doing anything. She's staying inside and she has food delivered to her so she's not social. She's social distancing in a big way. Well, that's, that's good. good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tommy? Oh, quarantine has been interesting. My parents actually, it's it's kind of a funny divide there because I have a mom who takes it very, very seriously, and um, my dad doesn't at all, um, oh. and they live together, so there's oh. a little bit of <laughs> interesting figuring that out. But um, Does she like spray him with Lysol when he walks in? Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he just thinks it's ridiculous yeah. but um <laughs> yeah wow. um but for me personally no it's it's been interesting i've been working from home um so i'm like yeah i wrote all these stories without wearing a pair of shoes like this is kind of interesting nice like, <laughs> nice but um yeah yeah so. it's How nice are you to doing rebecca go, well um i don't think very much has changed for me um since i i was used to working from home already i had a job Previously, where I worked for four years, just from home. And you would also work from coffee shops because you had your coffee yeah. shop confessionals oh on Twitter. Gosh. Yes, and I <laughs> miss that. And he, that's the biggest thing, I think. We were just talking about that. We really miss coffee shops. Yeah, I think all four of us has, earlier before this episode said we miss coffee shops. Yeah, yeah just the, the. I mean, anything really that's a social gathering, the restaurants, coffee shops. And I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter, that not in Idaho, but I think there was a big party in maryland like a big pool party that was really big on twitter for a while oh where the there were Ozark, like, missouri yeah, yeah 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 where there's there's a bunch of there's hundreds of people just packed tightly in a crowded pool party like it was crazy it was it's like okay i mean we're gonna talk about this in this episode today where different people have different sort of like approaches to how cautious you should be about this but i mean that is like to the extreme of like this doesn't exist it, it's still it's still here it still exists but we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that what is like one thing i want to start with you tommy since you're a special super special guest what is like one thing that you were surprised at like this is what has changed um for you personally during quarantine um <clears throat> kind of finding a new routine you know and and working from home you know you do kind of have to like maybe set up a separate part of the house or something that's mm. that's work related and then you have the living space you know but it was kind of funny i had someone using a leaf blower and i was on a zoom call right outside mm. the door so oh. i like had to go back and forth between like two different rooms like three times during one meeting oh so gosh it's it's it is really interesting i think um, that sounds funny but at the time you probably were like wow it was kind of stress. Uh, yeah i was like this is kind of stressful but um yeah, i bet <laughs> so that's true there's there's factors that you definitely don't have to consider mm -hmm. when you're in an office mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that wearing pants, etc. There's there's a lot. What about you, JJ? Well, for me recently, so I had to go to a funeral. That's why I wasn't here last time, and it was just different because there were the funeral home only allowed ten people in the room at a time. Oh wow! And so you know, um, it was a Catholic Mexican Catholic funeral. Usually, those include a lot of 
Yeah. People include a lot of days. Like you do yeah, a nine-day rosary. You do, you know, the full 24-hour viewing. You do all kinds of stuff. And so it wasn't there, so it was weird. And then, oddly enough, the priest decided that it was going to be a Spanish mass, even though nobody asked him to, that it was asked him to make it a Spanish mass. And so Spanish mm. was not very good. And so oh. nobody really understood what he was saying in the microphone because a lot of people had to wait outside. And so it was just different. It was a different... Um, experience because um, again the funerals that I've been used to have been just really crowded with a lot right. of people and a lot of days and this one was you know maybe 10 minutes per person oh wow that's crazy I mean I never really thought about the dynamics of what's happening at funerals yeah. right now I mean a big part of it too is kind of literally physically crying on somebody's shoulder or hugging somebody I mean how how does well, the funeral get along masks without that? at the funeral home it was yeah. you know weird and making sure that everybody got like a little um, hand sanitizer and you know and then again funeral home director coming in saying okay you're at 10 people who has some people have to leave and so. did they do the holy water did they have the basin or did they do the you didn't get you didn't get a real mass no really no. so you just you just don't do no, those they things. just did like the really quick prayer and then people left and kind of just rotated oh wow and so and then interesting you know so it was it was just different so yeah that is very different than i think yeah. what the, what normally happens um well that's what about interesting you? like how is um, your little one handling it. I know that last time we talked about, he was probably like, why are you still here? Because yeah. he's so used to you being gone, That's especially true. during legislative session, and then all of a sudden you're just at home all the time. That's true. As, uh, for my two-year-old, he is just having a blast. He loves it. He loves the attention mm -hmm. that he gets that he wasn't really getting before from me. Um, he loves just, you know, um, even on days where you know, on, on days when I had to go into the office, you know, I had to be in the office by a certain time. I had to go drop him off at a certain time. And now, because I'm working from home, things are a little bit more flexible with my time. Like, I can just make sure that I don't have a meeting scheduled that morning and then just extend my day by an hour. I guess technically I could have done that earlier, too. But it's definitely a lot more... I guess accepted now. Well, and you so, were kind of like taking him when he was kind of still sleepy. Yeah, and picking and up so when he was sleepy, sleepy again. So and he, yeah, and he just you know. And now it's like if he wants to um, get up and play a little bit before we get ready, I can do that now. And he is just loving that. He's just he loves the flexibility, the attention, and he just he's really happy. He's a happy kid. And so um, yeah, I guess there's one person who's really digging <laughs> quarantine <laughs> what about you ash um i just the one the major change i've noticed as far as like um me is that i'm not i'm no longer tired like i don't know if it's because i'm no longer commuting to work and so i get to sleep in a little bit longer but like i can't remember the last time that like i was sit, like at home when i was like man i'm tired like, I'm just so well-rested, and I feel <laughs> so guilty that, like, I'm just coming off great. I'm getting my work has, like, improved dramatically. My work output is great. Like, wow. I'm well-rested. My That's diet's awesome. better. Like, I'm just living my best life, you guys. stressed work-wise. She's all like, I'm so relaxed. Yeah, I'm just like, my nails are great, my skin's better. Like, wow. wow. I'm Maybe. sorry, everyone who, I'm not romanticizing this, I'm just having a great time. And Quarantine works for you. It looks really good on me. I look so good right now. She does. She does look great. Thanks. Um, I always like to dress up before we do this. Um, that's Even though true. it's an audio medium, 
Um, I do like to look my best because it's the only time I leave the house. So yeah. it's just like, oh, someone's going to see me today. <laughs> We're in public for the first time in a long time. I love it. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit then about um, what's going on with other people in this sort of like, not necessarily quarantine. We keep calling it quarantine because it's the easiest thing to say, but it's not quarantine. It's social distancing. Only um, certain people are actually quarantining right now. And so Tommy has written an incredible article um, that explored a lot of different like opinions. Yeah, exploring the psychology of social distancing, and I thought it was a really good article. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, let's talk a little bit more with Tommy about this. Hello, and welcome back to The Latino Card. I'm Rebecca. And I'm JJ. And we are sitting here with Tommy Simmons from the Idaho Press, and he is written he has written an incredible article um, about the psychology and the way people think and how that informs um, whether or not they wear a mask and how much they they take social distancing into their everyday lives. So, Tommy, before we talk kind of a little bit more about the details of your article, what inspired you to write this article to begin with? We were talking about. Um kind of in the newsroom, kind of about what it would take for the governor's reopening plan to um, work effectively. Mm -hmm. And the plan has some requirements for um, businesses and restaurants and places like that as they reopen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it asks, you know, people are still being um, advised to wear masks in public places. And so we were kind of talking about um, how likely is it that we could do this effectively, you know, as a state, as a whole group of people. And we we were kind of sitting there thinking, you know, what what is the psychology behind that? Why do people choose to, um, and it evolved o- over time, but, um, you know, it started out as a story about why do some people choose to um, take government guidelines and other people don't, you know? Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I you know that every time I've ventured out into, like, the grocery store, I would say, like, maybe 30% of the people there yeah. are wearing masks or um doing any kind of social distancing on their own sometimes mm-hmm. they usually follow the little markings on the floor that mm-hmm. keep people away like when you're standing in line mm-hmm. but other than that it seems like most people aren't wearing masks and they're not following the guidelines right and so i was really intrigued by this article because i had my own biases i'm a one of the people that wears masks um, wherever I go. Mm-hmm. And so I had my own biases and I would always kind of judge people. Let's be real. Um, but when I was at the grocery store, I'd be like, oh, what a jerk. But, you know, well, looking well, at you would do that anyway. That's true. She this is very true. people all the time. I mean, that's kind of just my standard that's operation. That's how we started this show. This, <laughs> like this. That was what the show was founded on. That's true. Actually, <laughs> Sorry, you're trying to have a serious conversation. No, <laughs> she's right. Um, that So I guess that hasn't really changed either. But but that's part of it, right? The judgment of people because yeah, it's a very, that was very visible something. thing that comes with suddenly there's all this meaning attached to wearing a mask and it's not it's almost a political statement in a lot of ways, you know. It is. And it's weird that it's political, isn't it? Yeah. It became political and you you talked about that in your in your article a little bit. Yeah. Um and it signals something to the world, right? If you're wearing a mask, you're saying, yeah. um, I think that this is a problem and I think that, you know, we need to kind of work together on it. Um and and you know that issue in and of itself is also political. Um, how do we defeat the coronavirus? What's the best thing to do? And so you can't really surmise all of that from whether or not a person wears a mask. But um, 
you know, it, they are signaling something about their beliefs and doing it in a very visual way um, on your face. Even, you know, you think about that. That's true. Um, I was surprised that the whole masculinity thing came up because I never really thought about it. And and then, you know, I was reading your article and at the same time I was on Twitter and I saw some Fox News person post a picture of um, one of the presidential candidates wearing a mask and basically saying he doesn't look manly because he's wearing a mask. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I didn't realize it. And, but then since then, I've been seeing more and more yeah. about it. And I guess I just wasn't paying attention about that part of it. But I find it really interesting that people think it's not masculine to wear one. It, it's so interesting. Because um, Batman wears one. <laughs> <laughs> but it covers the top yeah. part of his face. That's well, the manly Spider-Man, part. That's the caveat. Yeah, yeah. That's Spider-Man the... covers his whole face. Oh, man. Well, you got it. Yeah. I guess <laughs> <laughs> um, that piece of it was interesting to me too, um, and it was an anthropology professor at University of Idaho who mentioned that to me, and then I found some national reporting, other reporters looking at it. Um, I talked with one of the people I talked with was a, a therapist here in Boise who um, specializes in men's issues. That's one of his areas that he specializes um, with in his practice. And, you know, he said, you know, I think it's more complex than that. You know, I don't know that you can just boil it down to the masculinity piece of it. But um, he's like, I think it's more about admitting vulnerability, um, which then, of course, speaks to, you know, America's idea of what it means to be masculine um, or any country's idea. Um, And, you know, that once you're in that territory and looking at it through that lens, then the mask question becomes even more interesting, I think. So. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially if you look at uh, the the way that vulnerability fits into politics these days, too. Exactly. Um, a lot of people who, who felt vulnerable um, but didn't think that other people saw them as vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, you know, that informed their politics. And then there there's people right now who think that there are certain groups that are vulnerable, and that informs their politics. But it's always just your perception. And mm-hmm. you had a piece in your article about, like, the perception, and I think that the title, the subtitle, was um, the stories they tell themselves, mm-hmm. and that's what perceive um, helps shape their perception. So, can you talk a little bit about what, what do you mean when you say like the stories that they tell yeah. themselves? That was a, another um, therapist that I talked to in Boise for this. Um, she brought that up, and I, I really liked it. But it's about. Um, you know, everyone has a worldview, right? Um, no matter what it is, and you tell yourself a story about about the world, like this is how the world is, and thus this is how I need to act. You know, and changing that story is something that she would do in her practice um, in you know more non political ways. Like if a person is, you know, having a hard time with something, she might be okay. Let's change the story um, that you tell yourself. So if the story we tell ourselves is that um, showing vulnerability isn't masculine. Um, then of course, and um, wearing a mask is showing vulnerability, then that's how you get to that outcome. Um, but it raises questions about you know, what that even means and what does it say about the feminine either too. I mean, because right. is it saying that femininity can't be strong? You know, so right. all kinds of questions there. Yeah, and it, it was really, um, I really appreciated kind of the complexity of it too because, uh, I mean, you're talking about worldview and uh, there's a lot of, so, like, my worldview, for example, going into a grocery store, I wear the mask. I see somebody who isn't wearing a mask and who's standing too close to me. It makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't have COVID-19 that I know of. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do or not. But my, my worldview is like, oh, well, they are self-centered because mm-hmm. they only think, like, oh, I'm 
I'm only worried about whether I get it, and if I get it, then it's going to be like... I have the same opinion, though, when I'm at this... I think the same thing. Yeah, and so I couldn't understand why they... The people who don't wear masks and who aren't social distancing, I couldn't understand why they're doing it. And the way that you kind of explored the idea of vulnerability, I think it, it stems from if they... Well, and I, I'm only making my own kind of like speculation based on yeah. based on what we're talking about. But it seems like they were saying things like, oh, well, the masks aren't going to to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to stop the virus They're you know, and, and it should be a choice. And so they they're valuing sort of like their liberty is what mm-hmm. they're telling themselves. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see it is very different. And it's like, well, I I see that vulnerability that that seems to be the core of it. So, like, I view my own vulnerability in a certain way, mm-hmm. and that is that I don't want to make other people vulnerable to something that might kill right. them. They're viewing vulnerability as, in my opinion, like, if if you admit that it's real and mm-hmm. you treat it like it's real, then it makes it more real for them. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of that they're kind of afraid, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. um, of admitting how serious this is. Mm-hmm. I and can I, see that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, their vulnerability is, you know, they, they view it as not a vulnerability of health. They view it as a vulnerability of mm-hmm. freedom. And it kind of depends on the values, like, what you what you value that's a really interesting point though that you're talking about you know the vulnerability of of your liberties because um in talking to my dad about it you know who is very much against um the idea of social distancing or wearing a mask or anything like he was so outraged that there and he lives in colorado that um there was a business in colorado that got shut down because it was open and he's like that's ridiculous like this is insane but like vulnerability to the government is like maybe one of his biggest fears right like we have to protect ourselves from any sort of big government, and this feels like that, you know? Um, and then, so the story that you tell yourself when you believe that is that you must then find some way to say, okay, well, the virus actually isn't as serious. Um, right. And so it's just like kind of the mental math that you do there. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. It's that really is, interesting. Yeah. Thanks so. for wrapping my point up for me, because I, I was struggling to get there, but that's exactly what I was trying to say. That's That's brilliant. Do you still judge people, JJ? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I have a pretty cool mask, so I'm pretty excited to wear mine. To be honest, I kind of hope we make masks a thing, like a cool thing. Like when people once like, let's pretend that the curve like we're we're at the end of this and, you know, it's it's safe to do things again. I kind of hope that masks stick around for a couple of reasons. Once people stop associating it with like the lack of liberty or whatever, because I think it could be a really fun fashion statement. And there's a lot of people. <laughs> who are um, immunocompromised anyway. And I know that like um, in a lot of Asian countries back they when SARS yeah. yeah, back when SARS was a really big deal in a lot of different Asian countries, um, after it kind of went away, they kept the mask sort of to, you know, just kind of in a, as a way to like be polite to other people and just as a fashion statement. They kept it around. And as we know, you know, all of the Asian countries where especially like where it started and where it initially spread, they were at the most the highest risk of having this blow out of proportion and go out of control um, and it has been quelled there mm-hmm. and people are still wearing masks and so I kind of hope it just sticks around for funsies I need a cool mask yeah yeah I just kind of a cool one <laughs> you've se- I've seen some cool ones where they draw like yeah. not they I think we should draw, get some but... Latino card masks I mean that would be kind of fun no yeah, yeah, have you guys so. heard of the trikini 
No. They're making the bikini. Oh, I did see a picture this? of that. Like, I did see a picture of that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just a bikini. Made yeah, out of masks. Yeah, it's a... No. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, that's the picture I saw on Twitter. Gross. No. That's not a trikini. That's just oh. somebody being weird. I'm sorry, no. Mom. I know you're listening. I'm so sorry. This is... We don't usually... This isn't usually what we talk about. Yes. Well, a trikini is a bikini that's like... But you get the mask on your face, and it matches your bikini, so oh. it kind of looks like it like it all goes together. It's all the same color, or it has the same design, or whatever. They call that the trikini. So that's what I'm talking about. It's very G-rated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay. We, won't we don't worry need about to it. apologize to Ash's mom. I guess we should probably apologize anyway. I was kidding. She's not listening. I... <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we can talk a little bit more about uh, what this looks like, I guess, in the Latino community. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to the Latino card with Rebecca and JJ and Tommy Simmons. And of course, always our producer, Ash. I'm here back by unpopular demand. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you're back by popular demand. People really like you on the show. I've always said it, but like the more like what makes this podcast work as the Latino card is the white woman perspective. <laughs> and now that Tommy's here, I'm so glad we can get kind of diversity in our, in our, in our white people. So, Well, it is true that we're really excited to have Tommy on. And, and we have been our talking. diversity higher. Yeah, you're our, our diversity higher so no one can... I always say that when we, go to, when we go to brunch, it's literally what we look like. It's a table full of Latinos <laughs> and then me as like their little like so they don't get in trouble by the like <laughs> government you know for like this, so they get their scholarship money yeah. <laughs> we joke but this is very serious diversity <laughs> hires are very very important yes so um that's that's about enough of you um token <laughs> yes. white person <laughs> we've checked that mark now we can move yeah, on let's mute her <laughs> So Tommy wrote this article. We we really enjoyed reading the article. If you haven't checked it out, it's a it's on the Idaho Press website. Um, thanks to a partnership with Blue Cross that, along with a lot of COVID nineteen information um, through the Idaho Press, is available to the public um, without the paywall, which is really nice. That's great. Yeah, and so um, we were talking about the wearing a mask and not wearing a mask. Uh, I have been to a lot of like Mexican stores, um, bakeries, bakeries, panaderias, things like that. And I have noticed that for Latinos, when this very first started, this is just my own personal, this is not scientific in any way, shape or form. But I just noticed that when this very first started, a lot of Latinos were not wearing masks. And now a lot more of them really are. And I think I have several you know, speculation ideas, I think that might be a reason for that. Um, and the biggest one is that always, 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 when information gets out, it always takes longer to get it's that to same population. information out in Spanish, and it takes longer to get to our population. Um, well, and we had a really slow Spanish conversion. Um, Getting it in Spanish, it was really slow getting all that information out to the Spanish-speaking community. I mean, I know that some reporters worked really hard to make sure that they did their own, but getting it from health and welfare and the state was took a lot longer. Yeah, it was. It's that's always the that's always the problem. This is no different. However, 
I also think that that could potentially be connected to the reason why there are higher numbers percentage wise of Latinos and Hispanics that have COVID-19 than there are non-Hispanics in Idaho. Well, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with national media, specifically Spanish national media. I've talked about this on Twitter, how my mom's in love with Jorge Ramos. And she's always telling me, she's like, well, he says I need to start wearing a mask. He says this. I'm like, okay, well, then listen to him because he's telling you good things. (laughs) And so, but I think national media, too, took a little bit longer to make it um, a big thing within our communities. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I I don't typically consume my news first in Spanish, um, but I think that that sounds right. And it's true that there are trusted sources that Spanish speakers will wait to hear from before they take something seriously. And so um, that that I think that is all connected. And so here in Idaho, who's who who is our like trusted sources in Spanish? Um, you. Other than you. You. <laughs> So we just listen to each other. Yeah, just listen to the two of us and everything will be fine. Yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing is, um, I think there are, are some trusted organizations and there are some trusted people who didn't really necessarily think it was either their place to tell people about social and distancing that, in Spanish. Um, a lot of our population listens to Spanish radio and they trust like their morning mm-hmm. DJs or not necessarily morning, but they're regular because our population, for the most part, has radio on 24-7. And that's, that's the true. best way to get a hold of our population when you want to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, when they started talking about the severeness, because they're, most of them are entertainment. They're not news outlets. Right. And so when they, but when they started talking about COVID and started saying, oh, you need to be doing this, this they started paying more attention as well. Yeah, and they sort of developed this like mutually beneficial relationship with the Idaho statesmen mm-hmm. so that the Idaho statesmen could produce this information in Spanish. And, and they could Yes, and and their partners, um, and they could get again. They could get this information also. It was a pretty cool Spanish speaking partnership because you know they would translate it for these uh, news outlets, but then also part of the partnership was then we'll also release it in Spanish to our audiences, and so it was. It turned out to be a really good way to do it. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the the information that Tommy had mentioned in his in his article about like the vulnerability and the masculinity, like that is still very very true in Latino yeah, communities. Yeah, the machismo is a big thing right now. Yeah, I still mean, continues to be. Yeah, and and so that sort of idea toward masculinity, whether it can be healthy or unhealthy, it's it's the same but different in in cultures. Like it's it's still rooted in something that may not necessarily be helpful to the society but in Spanish they call it machismo in English they call it toxic masculinity maybe some sexism misogyny I don't know it's just it kind of depends on what you're talking about but um, on that very happy note um, I really just want to thank you again Tommy thank for, you thank you thank you for coming on we yeah, appreciate thank it you for, thank yeah. you for having me it was great for so. coming on and talking about it and for doing and this for being this our article. first white guest <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor thank you yes it was it's quite the honor actually if I if yeah, I you are honored to be here, you're welcome. You. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, and that is going to um, wrap it up for today's episode. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at the Latino Card, and then JJ, myself, and Ash, and Tommy. We're all pretty are active. All pretty active on Twitter. On Twitter yep. You can follow us there, um, and we will see you all in the next episode. Hasta luego.